If you would look with me in your Bible to the book of Romans, to chapter 1. The book of Romans, and in chapter 1. There's a lot here that we could mention and things that we want to, to speak of. But I'm going to just read the first few verses here. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. You would notice that first line, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. And we'll go from there to the book of Colossians and in chapter 4. Colossians and in chapter 4. And here I read verse, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you. I'll just mention again, a servant of Christ, servant of Christ. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Well, I just read verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. I read these just to point out those words because our subject is servants of Christ. There's many that seem to have the idea that only God-called men who preach the gospel are servants of Christ, but that is a, a fallacy. It's a falsehood. Every true believer to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our role. That's what we are to be doing, serving the Lord. Our actual text for our message is John chapter 12, if you'll turn there. And I'm going to read verse 20 through verse 26, keeping in mind what we've read, the servants of Christ. John chapter 12 and in verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew. And again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Where, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. The Greeks in verse 20 had a desire to see Jesus. For what purpose, we're not told. 
Oh, we are told, as I'll read it, there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Again, for what purpose, we are not told. But in verse 26, Jesus let them know that seeing him is not sufficient. Service was required. Jesus did not come into this world simply to be seen and to be looked at. He did not come into this world to be a gazing stop, but he came into this world as the Lord of glory, to be served and to be ruled in the heart, or to rule in the hearts of men. Again, many saw Jesus Christ while he was here, but as far as eternal life, it profited them nothing. Many of his enemies, of course, saw him, but it did them no good spiritually. Verse 20, 26 again, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. The first duty of a servant, we all should know, is to serve and follow their master. Whoever it is, they're to follow and serve their master. A servant of Jesus Christ is certainly to follow Christ, to follow him, to obey his word, to do as he says, to follow his example. A servant of Jesus Christ must apply themselves Again, I'll say that again. A servant of Jesus Christ must apply themselves to the service of Jesus Christ. Being a servant of Christ is not a part-time role or part-time duty. It's 24 hours, seven days a week, long as we live, serving the Lord here upon this earth. Jesus said in verse 26, Where I am, there shall also my servant be. Now, I'm going to make two applications here, and I'm sure others could be made. But I want to emphasize that statement of Jesus. He said, Where I am, there shall also my servant be. If you would, look with me to the book of Revelation, to chapter 1. Revelation, and in chapter 1. Now read verse 12 and verse 13 to begin with. Revelation 1, verse 12. John said, I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. In the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. Notice verse 13, the first part of the verse. In the midst 
of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. In verse 20, we are told in that verse, the seven golden candlesticks, they are the seven churches. In Matthew chapter 18 and in verse 20, Jesus said, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. In Revelation, he is in the midst of his churches. Here in verse 20 of Matthew 18, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now keep in mind what Jesus said in John 12 and in verse 26. He said, where I am, there shall also my servant be. What ought to be a convicting question for many Christians is this. If Jesus is in the midst of his churches, where do you think his servants ought to be? He said again, John 12, 26, that where he was, there would his servants be. Well, if he is in the midst of his churches, I would think that's where his servants ought to be when his churches assemble. When his churches assemble, the servants of the Lord just ought to be there. The second application I'll make, Jesus said again in our text, where I am, there shall also my servant be. You remember over in John chapter 14, the first few verses, especially verse 2 and in verse 3, Jesus said, he, uh, I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. To be with the Lord in glory is a wonderful thing. It is a promise from the Lord. Now back in our text again, in John 12 and in verse 26, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And those are words that are just full of duty and responsibility of any and all who would be servants of the Lord. I'll say again, this is not part-time duty. This is full-time duty and service of the Lord. There are many who want to be known as the servants of the Lord, but yet they're not willing to follow Him. They're not really, really willing to serve Him. Jesus said, let him follow me. Let him follow me. In Matthew chapter 23, I won't turn there, just mention it to you. In verse 8, Jesus said, one is your master. Only one. You can't have two masters. You cannot be master of your own life and have Jesus as your master. We have only one master. And we are to be engaged in 
full-time service unto him. No man can serve two masters. One thing I have learned, my master is not any church creed. It is not any confession of faith. My master is not any church. It's not any individual. My master is Christ. My master is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that should be able to be said uh, as a truth with any believer. Jesus Christ is my master. I am simply the servant. The servant. The servant. But what a, a blessed role that is to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again in John 12 verse 26, Jesus said, follow me. If any man would serve me, let him follow me. It's not enough to wear the name of Christian. That's nothing but hypocrisy if there's no following and serving Jesus. Just a mere outward profession that is meaningless if we do not follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Matthew 16 and in verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Our text, if any would serve him, let him follow him. Well, here we read, If any man will come after me, two things are required. Two things are required. First of all, self-denial. Let him deny himself. Now just pause to let us all think about that. Self-denial is something that by nature none of us want to do. None of us by nature want to deny self. Here's where many times the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Self-denial. Who is first in our life? Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. And then he said, And take up his cross. If we're going to follow the Lord, you have to take cross and all. You must be prepared to endure all things, to suffer the loss of all things, to be a servant and a follower of Jesus Christ. The easy believism of our generation is running rapid. And no one today, it seems like, comparatively, in modern churches, know anything at all about self-denial and bearing that cross. It's all self. Everything's built around 
self today. It's not an easy thing to be a servant of the Lord. It's not an easy thing. In the book of Luke in chapter 14, in Luke and in chapter 14, verse 27, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. A disciple is a learner, and he learns by following Christ. Jesus said, Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it? Lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. The key words there to me is count the cost. Count the cost. Again, to many, there is no cost because there is no self-denial. It's a form of godliness but it is contrary to the words of Jesus. It's, it's one thing to sit in a church service and sing, follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. But it's quite another thing to follow him, to follow him. Take up the cross daily and follow me, he said. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Let him follow me. In our text, in verse, verse 26, and this one little verse is loaded with responsibility and also rewards. You know, God is under no obligation to reward us for anything. Not for anything. But he does. He does. And it's, it's all by, by the grace of God. In John 12 and in verse 26, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. But then we have this. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. That in itself is reward enough for any unworthy servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Try to imagine in your own minds the magnitude of those words, Him will my Father honor. If any man serve me, Him will my Father honor. Honor. A reminder, Matthew 7, verse 21, Not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Every professing Christian is not 
included in this. There are many questions that I guess we all have about the future. What happens at death? None of us know that because we've never experienced it. We don't know exactly what happened at the moment of death. We know some things, but we surely do not know all things. And what about the state of the believer in between death and the, the resurrection? What is heaven like? None of us know. None of us know. We can read in the scripture what it says about heaven, but we've never experienced it. We don't know what it's like to be in heaven. There's much in the future that we just do not know. What will we be doing for all eternity? For all eternity. We can't even imagine eternity, but what will we be doing during that time? Again, there's, there's so many questions about the future. But what is stated in our text in John 12 and in verse 26 ought to be sufficient for anyone. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Somebody asked, well, how will he honor us? Well, just that he will honor us. That's, that's a wonderful thing to look forward to. For the Lord to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The, just look at verse 27, the last part of this if you would. Him will my Father honor. When one serves his master and his master honors him, it's one thing. In our text, we have the Father of our master rewarding faithful servants. Him will my Father honor. As a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, do not expect honor here upon this earth. Do not expect for men of this world to honor you while you're here upon this earth. In fact, it is cause for alarm if you are honored by this world. Look in the book of Luke again, if you would, in chapter 6. Luke, and in chapter 6, verse 26. Woe unto you. Those are serious words. Woe unto you. When all men shall speak well of you. The Bible declares a woe upon that. Don't expect honor from this world. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. It's cause for concern if the world 
honors you. I do not expect honor from this world. But I do expect honor from God the Father. And I expect it just because Jesus said so. Just because Jesus said so. I will read our text again. I know I've read it several times already. If any man serve me, put the emphasis there on me. It's not serving yourself. It's not serving your family. It's not even serving a church. It's serving Jesus Christ. Serving Jesus Christ. He said me. If any man serve me, let him follow me. That means do not follow anyone else. Do not follow anything else. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Reward for faithfully serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll say it again. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And Jesus said, if any man serve me, that means he is following. Him will my Father honor. Go back to the book of Proverbs, if you would, to Proverbs 27. In Proverbs, in chapter 27, and verse 18. Proverbs 27, and verse 18. Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. So he that waiteth on his master shall be honored. Exactly what we find in our text. He that waiteth on his master shall be honored. I'm going from there to the book of Romans to chapter 2. The book of Romans and in, in chapter 2 Here I'd like to read verse 29. Romans 2, verse 29. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter. Notice these next words. Whose praise is not of men, but of God. Him will my Father honor. Here is praise that comes from God. That little word of there, you remember, is that Greek word ek, E-K. It means out of it. It refers to the source. The source of the praise is not men. The source of the praise is God. Him will my Father honor. It's hard to speak about. It's hard to even imagine faithful servants 
being praised by God. Receiving honor from God. Now, I don't know what all is involved in the future in the God the Father honoring the faithful servants of Jesus Christ. But whatever it is, it'll be by grace. It'll be by the grace of God. In the book of James in chapter 1, James and in chapter 1 and in verse 12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. I'm sure that's a part of being honored as a faithful servant of Jesus Christ. In the book of 2 Timothy and in chapter 4, 2 Timothy and in chapter 4, words of Paul that I'm sure you could, could just speak of without reading, verse 6 through verse 8 of 2 Timothy 4, Paul said, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. You know, it just makes you wonder how many true servants of the Lord will be able to say that as their death is drawing near. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth. Henceforth. Because of this, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his, his appearing. Jesus said, Him will my Father honor. Let me go to this verse, Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. As you're turning, I'll ask a what if question. What if from the very moment that the Lord saved you, that you have been a faithful servant of the Lord without wavering from that time until now? Would you think you have earned a reward? Would you think you were, you were due something from the Lord? Or would you be like the apostles and say, Lord, we've forsaken all for you. Now what do we get out of it? Luke chapter 17, verse 10. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, here's what you're to say. We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. At the very best for any of us, when we get to the end of our life, 
Maybe we can say like Paul, I've, I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. But that's just what I was supposed to do. I just That's what we're supposed to do. And we're still just unprofitable servants. At our very best, if we could do far better than we are, are now doing, what would we say? We have done that which was our duty to do. There's no reward due to anyone for just doing their duty. If you're at work somewhere and you have a job to do and you do that job, don't expect somebody to pat you on the back. That's what you got paid for. It was your duty to do that. And so much more in the service of the Lord. We're not due anything. God gives it by grace. We'll read this text verse again, and I hope it hits home with all of us here. John 12 and in verse 26, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father be. 